0: Welcome, everybody, to the commentary for The Lingering Grief of Twilight in Dreamnasium. Function, Yay! Yay! (laughs) We love it. Uh, I am one of the co-writers, producers, Jeffrey Bridges, and I am here with...
1: Susan Bridges, co-those things as well. Right,
0: and the originator of all of these fabulous stories, Mr. Jeffrey Thorne.
2: What's up? The Lingering
0: Grief of Twilight.
1: So now we're in the uh, credit phase. The opening
0: credits. Yeah, yes. you're listening
2: to the credits, which you've, in theory, heard already because you listened to the show already.
0: Obviously. Well, that that was uh, Melissa Autumn Hearn as the muse, and this is our great theme by Vincent Morrison, who composed right. it just for this show. Vincent
1: Morrison composes, and he is just a wonderful genius. You guys
2: crushed it, man. I was like, you guys crushed it. And I mean all of you guys, the actors,
0: this composer, the directors, everybody. I was just like, what? What? <laughs> Well, the audience has only heard Lingering Grief of Twilight so far, so let's not yeah. want to spoil those future stories. It'll be awesome. That's right. Um, but yeah, um,
2: this was the f- we, we had a really hard time sort of deciding what order yep. all of these things were going to come out, and we ultimately landed on this one um, for a billion reasons, really. But uh, the stories are quite different from Lady one Justice another, and, uh, but they do have a sort of a... I don't know, melancholy taste. All a little bit Not of all info. of
0: them, but like two of them do, and two are a little bit lighter. So we tried to, to space out the the more melancholy ones. Right. And um, so yeah, if um, since this is you only heard the first two episodes, there's going to be uh, eight total episodes with four different stories, each of them split into two parts, mm-hmm. just like uh, *Lingering Group of *Twilight* was.
2: Yeah. And then at the end of those two, uh, uh, and, uh, of those two parts, once they're done, we're gonna going to be doing be one of these commentaries. This like That's this, right. as you sort of hear in the background the, the show you already listened to, theoretically. And if you didn't, <laughs> go back and listen to the shows. This is all spoilerific. Who would listen to
0: commentaries first? I yeah. don't
2: know. you some kind of internet madman.
0: Um,
1: well, I so, hear yeah. a Darian Lindell.
0: Yes, as Lady Justice and Philip Webber as Captain Farragut. Now, they um, really carry most of the load in both of these episodes. It's very, very focused on just those two characters. Yes. I mean, there's... there's smaller supporting roles but this one more so than the others it's really focused on those two
2: and they nailed it by the way like it's difficult sometimes when you are translating work from one medium to another two things have to happen one you have to trust the people who are doing the adaptation uh which meant in our case we'd worked together before on a a couple of projects but um this was something a little bit different than that The, the first project we really jointly worked on was this thing called phantom canyon which is uh uh, a sort of a self-contained, not connected to this thing we literally yeah, made totally up together. Up yep. um, uh, I think it's on Audible. All right, but, it um, really Audible, the... iTunes, and Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, this is, the Bridges actually have read um, my collection, Dream Museum, and we have been talking back and forth for really a couple of years about is there something we can do with one or more of all of these stories? Uh, I was like, I don't know, you know, what would we do? I wasn't really big in the podcast realm. Like, these guys are deep in that realm. Uh, they got a lot of experience making this stuff. And it wasn't a matter of whether they could do it. It was sort of like when and why and what would the form be. And so sometime last year we sort of, I got crazy about my phases that I wanted to do. And I approached them and said like, okay, you guys like Dream Choose 4 stories, you know, we'll do it. So... Um, And they went to work. They just chose the ones they wanted to do. Uh, I was very pleased with the ones they chose, but I was surprised at ones they didn't because there's some that might lend themselves more easily to an audio treatment they did not that did, clearly did not factor in well there to were
0: their, a couple two that we thought might be more difficult to, impossible. to adapt so we definitely <laughs> like, like, back on that. I don't
2: know what you're talking about the SU SU one is not possible there's literally words I wrote that cannot be said out loud
0: well th- this episode has one of those uh, things that we that's true there is just one in for um, audio in that in the original story for this, I'm I'm not sure your exact wording, but you said that uh, Twilight's name was unpronounceable by humans, That's and right. so for this we thought, how could we convey that in an audio format? And so it sounds like and we had music. discussions about yes. this,
1: and they talked her about
0: name is in music, yes, yes. And, and it's great. Um, I, and I know our, our director, Catherine Pride. Um, that was. The, the most difficult thing, she had to figure out, how do you say yep. this character's name and what it means in an audio musical format? Uh-huh. And so um, it was the first thing she ever worked on. She listened to a bunch of music and sort of put stuff together. For this, a, for, this for this show. For this show. Not, yeah. not in general. Not I was in like, general. wow,
2: that's like Mozart behavior.
0: <laughs> She's got years of experience. Okay. She's really great. But, She's um, wonderful.
2: It's her mutant power, you might say. <laughs> yeah. See what I did there? I that's that's did a that. deep dive, y'all. It is.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, she sent that over first to get... Uh, feedback on it and mm-hmm. what we thought and Just how that. it worked, and um, I thought it was—I mean, she really killed it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's really. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I'm not that great of a director. I know I mean, the ins and outs and the mechanics and how to do it, but I'm not as good at it as. Kat is and our other directors. This um, is why we
1: have other people, <laughs> right? Because
0: I wouldn't have known how to even begin. And right. yeah, um, when she does that bit with the name, I mean, we're, this is at the end of the second episode. We're talking about it a bit early, but right. um, she puts these little bit of like chime noises under it. And whenever she, Lady Justice talks to the the creatures and sort of her her like goddess voice, and it mm-hmm. booms, you can hear that hints chime. of those that chimes time. underneath.
2: Yeah. No, I really, I I yeah. gotta say, when this one came through. It's, you guys got to remember, the listeners, I mean, I wrote these stories, so there's no new, there's nothing new in these stories to me. Well, they actually turned out to be, yes, but you think you're, you can't be surprised by your own work. You couldn't be touched the way an audience would be touched by your own work, but the secret of good adaptation is it is a new work. Like, this is my thing filtered through two other minds at least two at least in terms of the script and then you add in a director like right. pride and that's a third mind and you add in your composer that's a fourth mind and you add in the actors it's a fifth, sixth, up to ten minds all sort of interpreting this stuff in a way so like everything from the way the actress inflects a word to that little like barely audible line of chimes when she's using her quote unquote magic voice or her goddess voice all of that stuff sort of soups together and I'm listening to a radio show and I'm just like what? what Why did she do Good. that? That's that was very tragic. Why would she? No. Wait a minute, Jeff. <laughs> you wrote this, you idiot. You know, and that's a, I. I'm, I'm really not gassing E-O? you guys. It's part of the reason I enjoy E-O's working content. with you is E-O's that's the fun of all this is to be able to come back to something that you know really well and be sort of forced whether you wish to or not to rediscover and enjoy. So. Yes, K- kudos to everyone involved with this. You and that, that was
0: um, our director there, Catherine Pride, is in this episode as Chaplain Broick. Oh, nice. Which uh, was amazing. I've never heard her do that bo- voice before, and I told her I wouldn't have even known it was her. Nice. Didn't, I mean, I, I don't know where she pulled this out from. I was like, Kat, you've been holding out on us. I did not Completely know it was her either. I
1: was like, what? Right? Kat, you've been, yeah, what? This is kind
2: of like my Jack Kirby so. story. They really and You guys really did the Jack oh, Kirbyness of all of it. Like,
0: this was is awesome. This. And uh, that's that's um, Perry Whittle who plays Eos. Uh, he's also been an actor with us for years and years and years. Very everyone time. on these shows has
1: been with us. for yes. years Yes, well,
0: and years, that years, was one of the interesting things. I guess it's not pertaining to this episode specifically, but since uh, you didn't want to announce Dreamnasium ahead of time, nope, we didn't want to do an open casting call because that would have kind of given it away. It so we went something. to uh, all the people, directors and cast that we've worked with for you know over a decade, and people we knew did good work, and we figured out which roles would fit each people and sort of. Yep. You know, just invited people in. Uh, so that was a lot of fun.
2: And I want to say too. Normally, I'm not that way. I'm I'm not a big fan of legacies. I'm not a big fan of handshake deals with anyone. Is this something you want? Something. In this particular case, since we're not charging anyone anything for gymnasium, and the money that's under underneath whatever money was spent was spent by me. To love you, I was made to be loved. It costs money to cast. It just literally physically costs money to go out wide and say. You know, everyone who can send us a tape. Everyone who can send us a script. Someone's got to sit and read those scripts. Someone's got to listen to all those tapes. Someone's got to compile them and break them down. My mind is my own. Very rarely do I do that, and generally there's some sort of sharing going involved, so that everyone feels ownership and they come out uh, feeling that the project was worthwhile, and it was a little bit of theirs as well as everybody else's. So in this case, I really did defer to the bridges because they've spent. 10 years, 15 years, oh, yes. making uh, audio drama in one form or another, and therefore they're, what used to be called a Rolodex is pretty thick. I, I, I was They sent me a lot of variations, but it was from a deep catalog of actors that they could just sort of draw from and say, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? I heard all your voices and all of you were great, so if you didn't get one of the things, it's not because you were in any way not good, It just sometimes the person's not right. And that's a, it's the beauty and the horror of the making of art in this way. So, I mean, uh, thank you, everyone, again. Like, I'm going to keep saying that in all these commentaries because it's really just an amazing thing to hear.
0: Yeah. Well, this was, um, speaking of, of when voices are just right, the first time uh, of all the stories we did and all the stories in the text Dreamnasium that don't even appear in this show, Lingering Grief *Twilight* is my favorite. I've told you. Oh, it's very important to me. I love it dearly. Um, but when I first read the story very first time I ever read it, Darian was Lady Justice in my head from that moment forward. And I was like, we have to get her for this. She will be so perfect. And she's so perfect, Yeah, it blows my mind. She almost made me cry listening to her. And I just want to
1: say that Darian is an accomplished actress and playwright in her own right. She is. And um, she's the person we've known the longest because I went to college.
2: (laughs) Go, baby, go.
0: Like, yeah, I mean... I'm, you guys talk. I will just gush. It's no, going to be boring. boring. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know what's interesting too about um, you
1: know the actors are going
0: to listen. They love that. So Philip Weber, who's playing Captain Farragut here, we've worked with him for a really long time. And he is a man of perfect. He's a man of a million voices. Uh, he had shows in the past where he played four characters in a scene with himself, and you wouldn't know it was him. Holy crap! Oh, I, mean, I don't know how he. Does I love though. that. But this voice. Uh, the, he added a lot of gravel to it, but yeah. otherwise, it's really close to his normal voice, which is very unusual for him. His voice is are oh, wow. usually he's you can't him. even tell it's him. So, uh, but we've met him and we know his God, just normal speaking voice. Amazing. And I was like, he just put he put, I don't, How do you put he's more gravel to your voice? voice actor no, own, it, I don't know how you do it. It's he's great. It's great. And again,
2: this was in my mind. This was me sort of writing a a, a prose short story novella right, right. in this in what I picture is a sort of a Kirby Jack Kirby style comic book. And so, all of Kirby, at some point, some sort of grizzled warhorse guy shows up in some form or another. They could be an alien, they could be a freaking mutant, you don't know, but they all have that voice, you know? And yeah. But it's the voice in your head, you don't know. And then you hear it, and you're like, oh, man, so great. Well done, sir. The weren't the
0: problem. Now, this is uh, an interesting thing. This one we did a bit more adapting than in some of the others because yeah. uh, the scenes where we sort of flashback to Lady Justice on different planets with different alien races were only vaguely alluded to in the story. That's where they're
2: just described by her rather than really, you don't really see them. Right. And
0: sometimes telling is better than showing, and sometimes showing is better than telling. And here we felt we could get a lot more mileage and impact out of it by actually showing these scenes and how they affected her personally. You get to Mm -hmm. see her react to this and what Eos meant to her.
2: And let me jump in on this. Again, uh, I'm also obviously a writer. Adapting other people's work is a dicey business. And um, one of the things that especially if the person's alive and lives near you like right um, but so I will say this the both of bridges when they sent me their versions of the scripts for me to you know go over and make notes on them or whatever they I I said look guys you're being very nice you don't have to be this nice. We try to do right? be they very careful and you got to remember like if you listen to their other work which there's a lot of they absolutely know how to do audio drama what I thought they were doing was being too nice to their friend Jeff uh, by trying to transpose too much of what was in the book written in, a, in the style of a prose story into the language of the audio drama, which is different than what they normally do. And I said, guys, don't be nice. Do your job. Do your actual thing that you do. And what we get is these delightful moments, which are technically came from the original story, but are so much more rich, more, more, more pulled out because it's a less... It's both more and less intimate at the same time. In the story, it's just one person talking, but in this, you're with her when she's going through those right. things. And it sounds like the story to me. It feels like there's a seamless... If you listen to this and then go read the story, please go read the story. Um, you will find yourself remembering things from this audio drama that do not take place exactly as it is in the story, and yet the moment will still be there. It'll just be a smaller version of So you guys really did a great job and this will come out in later episodes. I really go off on one of the later episodes where the job of the adapter is not only to cut things out that don't work in the new media going from prose to this or maybe comics to movies or something like that but also to figure out places where they need to add stuff but it has to be in the original voice. Right. That's that's a difficult trick to pull off and you guys did it. Well, thank you.
0: That's um, that's definitely these scenes uh, for the audience listening, these ones with Uh, Chaplain Broick and uh, later with Magistrate Vugan; those were all um, added. They were alluded to, again, in the book, but we were like, let's actually create these people for her to talk to.
1: And where can these nice people Am buy I Dreamazium?
2: Dreamazium? Read it. I mean, it's on Amazon, both hard copy and a... Uh, uh, um, fancy digital. And a fancy digital. The other thing is, and this is something I shouldn't Another. do because I'm, I'm supposedly selling these things, but I'm going to do sort of a revamp, a sort of an anniversary edition of it. New cover, new comment, new first thing. I'm probably going to re-edit some of the stories. It'll Maybe even add a couple, like a more comprehensive version of Dreamazium. So if you want to get the version that the bridge is read, it's there on Amazon. But if you wanted to wait... Um, no. Sometime at the end of the summer, into the fall, there'll be a new hard copy, sort of omnibus oh, version. Of Dream ah, Navy of Stories. Or
1: why not both? You can get one. You know, that's right. I, I, I'm gonna
2: try to get all your money. We gave this away for free for a reason.
0: Okay. Um, There's good stuff
2: in there. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So that's that. No.
0: our world, so So, um, why talking about the original story and mm-hmm. that this is based on uh, Twilight's? Had a really rough go of things? What? Why Why was it the story you wanted to explore with her? Like, I mean, I get it, because like, you've been alive this long. You're, How is it? What's it like? You're really lonely, and mm-hmm. so I guess it kind of lends itself to... Well, I
2: one of the things I try to do with my stories is the little story you're reading is generally a part of a gigantic world that got built, right? Because right? I can't really write the story unless I know this, yeah. the history and what's going to, you know, all that. Other writers don't necessarily do it that way. It's just the way my process is. And it doesn't really take any much longer than anyone else's. But like, there's a gigantic world around this story that's ridiculously complicated for no good reason. But uh, at the end of the day, when you're writing a superhero story, and I think better heads than I, better, better practitioners than I would agree with this. If you're going to do it, you have to figure out what about it is different than the million other versions of the Superman story. Right. Absolutely. And the thing that I'm pretty good at, I hope I'm good at, think, is I'm pretty good at um, trying to make the fantastic real, or, the, or that more one mundane. What would it really feel like to be this? What would, what would it do to your head to do X? Even if you were genetically designed to live a thousand years, so you're middle-aged when you're 500, Okay, so you're a teenager for like a hundred years? What the hell is that like? Yeah. Right? Um, And then stories spin out of that. So in this case, I was like, the character of Twilight, uh, she's a member of one of these godlike species that was here, sort of the fountain of all mythology across the galaxy. She looks human because we're human thing that didn't come out I in the story and obviously you got some it. way to do it audio wise but these see? alien species that she's dealing with you might have pictured them as people but they could have been bug people you yep. don't know mm-hmm. you know or giant trees we, we literally just don't know um, and that's on purpose I could have very specifically described them I left that to the imagination of the reader the idea is she's this, this protean species and they all wanted to go do you know other universe things let's go be energy being somewhere and she's just one of those goddesses that just likes people you know, I'll, I'm good. I'll stick. I know how you guys are. You know when we go, we're not going to be able to come back. Yeah, yeah, I'll find I'm you eventually. Uh, the multiverse is the kind the of infinite. That. Once we go, <laughs> I mean, we're all great and everything, but there's a couple of things that are a little hard on us. like, so, Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And she did that a billion years ago, a hundred million years ago, however long it needs to be for the reader to go, wow, that's a long time. Whatever that is to you, that's how long it was. But the thing that keeps her anchored is she just travels around and meets up the with these lovely little part? species. What She's like a gardener, right? She's like, oh, these are <laughs> these guys are great. Oh, I don't want anything to happen to them. I'm going to be their moon for a while, because right? we're lucky we have the moon blocked all those asteroids from wiping us out. Sorry, dinosaurs. <laughs> but um, but uh, she functions in that way for these species. So there's a little bit of a parental mode, but she doesn't take an active hand. She just sort of keeps them from jumping off the bed, right? I'm not going to rule you, just not going to let you nuke each other, it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and that she's been doing that for a million years, but not really, not literally a million, but quite a while. And the same patterns emerge. And after a while, you get to a certain age in life. You're like, oh, I've been I've seen this story before. Or, you know, I've danced this dance before. Or, wow, I really didn't think this through. I, I moved myself to this desert island. But I really kind of like women. There aren't any women here, and I burned the boat. That was probably not the best plan. I might I should have maybe invited someone or told someone where I was going. Yeah. Right? So she's sort of dealing with all of that. And I I wondered, you know, in a lot of comic books, that's when the person goes crazy. Right. Yeah. That's when they That's okay. Right? That's when they start becoming the villain, right? They become right. the dark phoenix. And I was like, yeah. But what if you're just sad? You know? What if you're just like, okay, life is both Joy and regret. And it doesn't, like, if it's natural for you to live this ridiculous amount of time, you're not going to be looking at the years the way you and I would, right? If I'm suddenly able to live to be a thousand around year 500, I'm going to be like, damn, I've been alive a long time because humans aren't built to live that long. But if you're from a species that's meant to live a million years, eh, how long ago in her mind did they leave, right? Maybe the door just slammed shut from her point of view. But she keeps seeing the same patterns. And I wanted to write a story about. Why, why and how would someone keep reinvesting when she kind of knows the end of most of the stories? Mm-hmm. And the answer is she just loves people. And at the end of it, when he says, you know, um, everything has to have a beginning, she's right. Every, everything does. And she's having a new beginning. She's wearing their stupid costume. She's wandering around with them. She's like, I mean, even the thing where you see us as ants, it's like, I mean, yeah. Oh, the ants are adorable too, <laughs> you know. So I mean, but also, I'm not regal. I sound like a goofball when I hear this lady justice. There's nothing. There's nothing.
1: There's nothing cruel.
2: There's nothing condescending about the way the way she the way she is. It's just sort of this is the way it is. Galactus shows up. He's Galactus. It's not. He's not being mean to you. I eat planets. It's just. You eat bread, I eat planets. It's not my fault. It's what I do. You know, so that's why. That's where it all came from. And I wanted to tell a story about a cosmic being that was a personal story that she
0: never did. Yeah, it's a very rare thing to see in someone with that kind of, like, power, but also, like, lifespan. You don't see these sort of, It's like, a, a smaller, quainter story. Yeah.
2: And also, this is sort of her fault, right? Like, she loves life the diversity of life mm-hmm. but that allowed for these creatures to, that are really horrifying creatures it's like, okay but i gotta give them their shot right mm-hmm. they, they're just because their genes say x doesn't mean they must be x mm-hmm. i can't let them and i punished them once like i killed a bunch of them they should have learned a lesson i'm going to show up eventually and kill the rest of you did they learn no okay A vast. Extra dimensional space
1: described by benign chaos.
0: Well, with those Venetian. creatures, though, um, that was another Venetian. really Venetian. hard thing. I think that um, Kat had to figure out how to mix because they're crystalline winged Lingering chasms groovy. of Twilight. death, <laughs> death <Yeah>. right? Of entropy. Yeah. So we're like, what does that sound like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she yeah. got the wings. Uh, the wings yeah. were probably the easiest part, but the, the growls and the snarls, and I don't know, they sounded pretty nasty. So I think she did a great job.
2: I agree. It's seamless, guys. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm going to be gushy about it because it's based on your work, but it could have sucked. And then I'd have to be polite, you know, and <laughs> say things other, oh, it was very interesting, which, you know, or more importantly, no one would ever hear it, right? I would have said, nope, that's not going on the air. Um, and you guys just crushed it. It's, it's just a seamlessly wonderful life. To me. I'm not telling how you feel. Audience, feel whatever way you want to feel about it. <laughs> this is how I feel about it.
0: One of the interesting things was um in trying to split these into two episodes each, uh finding the sort of midway point that would work as an episode cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, there seemed to be one in all uh-huh. of them, but about the midpoint. And That's know, weird. That? Right? It was... So, I mean, the this episode's a couple... Minutes shorter than the other, but I mean they're basically about the same length, which is really weird that they came out that way. Um, but that sort of peril, she's fighting those, those creatures and. Mm-hmm. You know, Do you, don't you know think what
2: unconsciously you made that decision, and that it's, you say like it just it, worked out possibly. that way? But you wrote it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know where we originally wrote it if we planned to split them. Okay. I don't know if we... Right, we, we didn't, didn't discuss that. that, that until we later. We just sure, adapted yeah. the stories all straight into four scripts, and then we were like, do we want to do more? Do we want to split? Well, some of them were kind of long. We were like, maybe right. we should split them. Maybe we could split them all, and then there were just were spots around the midpoints, yeah, to do that.
2: There's probably something in there, and I'm certainly not the writer to say so, there's probably something in there about how stories arc. Yeah, it has probably. nothing to do with the particular writer, that if you do it properly, you should be able to jump in and around page 138 of a you know, 270-page <laughs> novel and go, oh, that's the middle. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, And there's probably something at work there. It's like the a mechanical thing, thing that none meeting. of us are consciously and doing. And all in celebration of you, my lady, and your child-to-be. Hmm. So this
0: episode introduces um, Shane Nolan as Magistrate Vugan and Barbara Dillon as the unbelievably creepy Eolus. Eolus. Um, she's... Okay, you, you created, like, a 10-year-old... <laughs> she's not <aunt>. Genocidal... <laughs> she's not genocidal. She's a little bit. No, she just doesn't
2: care. She literally sees you as ants. Okay. If you guys want to so... blow each other up, I don't care. It's not going to hurt me. Go crazy. You know, you're worthless. You're not... She's, she's indifferent. She's, like, absolutely indifferent to the lives that aren't her or her mother. Like, she's the opposite of her mom. Yes. Literally the opposite. But not in a evil way. It's almost worse. What do they say? The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. difference. A difference. Yeah, right. She's completely different. She's like, oh, I will, I'll look after them. Sure, we do what they like, right? We want to. They want to do stuff. We help them do it. That's the rule, right? Okay, good. They wanted to nuke each other. What was I supposed to do? Not let them? Who gives a shit? Let's move on to another planet. Oh shit! Should I not be swearing? Oh, it's fine. It's too late. I see that look, Jeff. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Fine. From now on, I won't. This is the PG one one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get excited. Um, but yeah I, I, and that's another thing Like, I don't have kids you do obviously we all were kids but I'm not that similar to my parents in every way I'm sure there are massive disappointments and massive things that they're proud of um, and there's a point at which parents have to let go and go the, the kid is their own thing like it's not just the thing we made it's its own thing it's driving itself now and it's making its own choices like it, it, completely independent, yeah. truly independent of any training we gave it, right? And at that point, that that creature is an adult, and it's it owns its its errors and it owns its its wins. And to have a godlike being inadvertently create a second godlike being and have it be so awesome, like oh, I'm not going to be alone anymore. It's not so much that you needed sexual congress; it's that she's the only one like her in the entire freaking universe. No. Yeah. Now there's another one. Even a half of one is better than none, right? And then it turns out like this. So you can't always get what you want, kids. And Even if you're a goddess, you can't always. Life is not like that. Life has changed. Life is both disappointment and achievement. And even if if you're a goddess, life is that regardless. And this is a story about a person who embraces life, like embraces it. And if you're truly embracing life, then you have to They're embrace the balance, you, you know? And she knows what she owes, too. It was, remember, the story's about Twilight, so Eolus is a test. Do you value your kids more than you value the billion and a half lives that she just let wipe themselves out? Because she could have just waved her hand and stopped it. Instead, she helped them do it, right? I mean, what do you do? Are you going to do with the, what you do with the grandbabies? Let her just wander around? <laughs> I'm going to just strike out of my own, mom. You just wiped out an entire civilization. You think I let you off the leash? I don't know what you can do about it, really. I'm grown. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. And it also bounces from that, the first grief of having to yeah. basically murder her she child. What do I do with my grandkids? Right. Instantly, what do I do with my grandkids? I just killed my kid for this transgression. What do I do with these that have done nothing, but I see what they're designed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, she was designed to be like me, essentially. Like she, theoretically, she should have grown up just like me. Am I going to inflict their genes on them? Like, they have the opportunity. They can simply choose not to be monsters every day. They didn't. Okay, I'll give you one strike. You know? It's a
1: lot of difficult questions.
2: Yeah, yeah. No. And that's sort of my idea of parenting, which I will never know. You guys know, so you tell me how close I came. I don't know. But I would imagine there's you just constantly hoping they don't jump off the bridge. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, put your shoes on, you idiots. Why are you doing that? Do not eat that.
0: It's not food. <laughs> there's a lot of that you know. okay. There's a lot of
1: teaching them not to be jerks. Yeah.
0: And teaching or why them should.
1: to be reasonably clean and presentable to society. Right. It's mostly But why that.
2: must I bathe? like it's yes. just us <laughs> like yes. yes and we smell you yes. so uh, no what have we about
0: yeah. I, I mean, mean and there's definitely that spot in childhood where they maybe don't understand why they need to be nice to people or people are mean to them and they don't understand why they shouldn't strike out back at them right. mm-hmm. and so if you're dealing with a child who, but has this untold, unfathomable power, then okay. there would be a lot who can it, wish
1: you into the cornfield. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it would be a lot, yeah, <laughs> more difficult of a thing to deal with. So,
2: so
1: yeah, I can um, mm-hmm. enjoy. Whew,
2: the- I, uh, and
1: this one would wish you into the cornfield. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but not a, like this is what I tried to do. I don't know if it came across. I think you guys did a very good job of all of you, uh, Barbara as well, realizing it, yields... Um, she is not she's above us she's not evil she's right, just right. totally indifferent to our fate it, it just does not matter to her at all like one way or the other
1: okay so she wouldn't wish you in the
2: door. yeah she's because she's, you she can't do anything to her probably the only not hurt it her it wouldn't is annoy her, her,
1: her or yeah. affect her in
2: any way yeah she just our wants and desires our pain it doesn't even amuse her it's like mom can we go
0: Right. I think there must be something to <laughs> be said boring. though. These guys boring. This is boring. It's, so boring. That if it's like you the have most
1: boring field trip
0: exactly. that she's ever been on. For have that kind Forever. of power and ability to right. not have the compassion for those who don't definitely says something Right. about her. That's it, fair. So.
2: That's true. But again, we're talking about a different species. Right. Right? Like, we all love our animals. I love my animals. But we also eat them. We don't have to anymore. Well, no, we used to have to, but we still eat them. And every time they come up, we were just talking about the ultimate burger. Mm-hmm. Like, every time they come up with a food that, su- that truly simulates meat, mm-hmm. it becomes harder and harder for me to justify eating meat. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like, i met cows and there's people in there, you know. But they're tasty people, you know. So how do the cows see us? How do the fish see Oh, fish, now they're more like plants. But <laughs> um, sorry, fish, you're just, you're just more like a- a- ambulatory plants. But um, – The creatures that can think and feel, you know, anyone who has a dog or even a cat who is a little bit more vicious than a wild animal, there's people in there, so, but we rule them. They're a slave class to us. They're a food source to us. And on a certain very basic species-specific level, we don't care. We literally don't care, right? If it ever came down to save my dog or save my random human being I've never met from a flood... I'll get back to the dog. I'm not gonna save the dog over a human being. No. Most human beings are built that way. Sweet. Right? This is a godlike species that looks at oh, all quote unquote lower beings as either something to take care of or something like why am I bothered? Right? We didn't meet the other gods. Sweet. Who says Aeolus is unusual? Sweet. Maybe maybe Twilight's unusual. That's right. We That's a question too. Yeah. Like, you could see if this didn't happen, this teenage yeah, fight with Aeolus is. After this. So, we gotta stay in this universe. Oh, Meanwhile, there's so an entire species of things like us that went to the fun place. Mom, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, I could see her getting very angry during her adolescence. Yes. It's so like, God, we never got to experience it. Oh, <laughs> Thank aren't you. They thank you, they Twilight. Aren't they so Thanks nice. again. You look out. <laughs>
0: The laugh's pretty creepy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the sound work. God, the sound work is so great.
2: My biggest thing, I mean, it's a director thing, but a lot of this takes place in space. Yes. And obviously, there's no sound in space. Uh, we did the thing. I don't even remember if I wrote her or you guys added it, where she put a sheath around her, so there was a, a real reason for
0: her to have. It. I, yeah, I don't remember. One uh, of the. It was in one of the. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere.
2: Up. I, I honestly don't know which which it, right. it was them or me, mm-hmm. but um, little things like that. So I was very interested how you could, when you chose this story. So much of it is set in outer space. Uh, how it would be. For, Audio, how we do that in audio mm-hmm. I think you guys pulled it off very, very well. Like, it feels like a feels like a comic book, I hate to say it, in a good every good way, you know.
0: Well another thing I was really impressed with back in the first episode when they Twilight just begins talking to Farragut, you hear her put the shield up and yeah. it, you hear it and you're like, Oh she's putting a shield up. You just I, how do, do you do that? that? But she the yeah. sound work, which just you knew what it was and yeah. so then she explained it to be sure, but
2: how much of that that's an interesting thing again with books or with comics um and certainly with anything tv or movies you can see it um but when it is something like that how far do you guys ever feel like you need to go in terms of okay that sounds you just heard you don't write that but the the next line is i put up a shield or whatever
0: it's definitely a thing you have to do sometimes and it can be tough trying to make it organic so that it doesn't sound like i'm explaining what you just heard (laughs) so um but
1: we put a lot of effort into making it to differentiate it from like old time radio shows. Like,
0: right, you don't want it to be hokey. Right. In that way that they sometimes unintentionally were.
1: Right, like uh, a good example is like occasionally just remembering some of the other shows that we've done. Like someone could be in a bathroom talking to themselves in the mirror. Right. You hear the water, you Sunset hear on the, beach. the echo, you hear. What's bugging you? That's how you know where they are, you know, right. like from those things.
0: There have been occasional times over we hear something we're like maybe that's not clear we need to add a line of dialogue in so people know exactly what's happening. Right. Um, so it's just a a thing you can just sort of adjust to adapt to over the years. The more yeah. you do it, the easier it becomes to figure that out.
1: And okay. you usually try to have a second person to bounce stuff off of. Right.
2: You guys have been doing this a long time, so probably a lot of this is uh, not conscious. Right. Like I can imagine your first a couple of times you did this. There's a lot of conversation and a lot of. That. Oh, did we, you know, do Absolutely. that right? Or how do we do that? You know, and yeah. now I'm sure it's a lot less oh, just more like move to the next movie.
0: You can even catch it a lot earlier now, just from the scripts. Sometimes you can tell, oh, you know what? This isn't going to be clear. We need to add an extra sound effect or a bit of dialogue to sort of cover up what's, or not cover up, but explain what's happening.
1: And editing a lot of seminar scripts that come in from new writers, that really smacks you in the face. Where you're like, whoa, Right our, no one's going to know what the hell now is going
2: on you guys on here. do this thing called seminar, which is where they invite non-them <laughs> writers to come in and send Right, it's stuff. an anthology
0: show open to anyone. We get a lot of people who are very new to writing for audio. And Why so, did
2: you do that to yourselves, you maniacs?
0: Because we love anthology shows. So oh, Twilight yeah, Zone but you
2: could have just like, here are people we know can write. You just said anyone. Our doors are open.
0: Yep. Well, we work with them. We edit. We you know send things back and forth. We do revisions and. um, But yeah, you're right. I think doing that a lot has also helped more than just with our own writing because we can we're working on someone else's writing a lot and we're like we can tell this bit's not going to work. We need to tweak this.
1: And we don't accept everything. I mean, we work with the writers to accept as many as we can to get it to a point
0: where we're like this is good for the show now. Yeah.
2: But from a point of view of a person who's sometimes in an editorial oversight point of view. And all the other You guys are—it's an unfiltered flood of scripts. It's just—I think I can write. Here's a script that you guys got to read, yep. and then decide. Obviously, but once you've decided, you've obviously decided a person can write. But there's got to be the ratio of can write to can't write. It's got to be pretty small, right? Most of the scripts you get have to be pretty bad
0: say that they're pretty bad i mean especially because a lot of people are repeat submissions so once they okay. get the first one and they get the hang of it they start writing more of them and so then you're like hey these are good and they need a lot less revisions you can get through the process a lot quicker
1: but we don't actually get that many submissions
0: that is
2: foolish writers Overall. That is never foolish. Always Say and
0: send us more send
2: them more they're great you won't you won't be disappointed Look like what do, they did with my stuff
0: and you may the, not like that skin we do
1: post like Guidelines. We post a sample script. Okay, A right. lot of people completely ignore those, and then we say, "Please go back and read." <laughs> right. And resubmit. And what a lot of times do they free? don't.
2: You do it? Never mind. That's, that's a whole that's other one. process. So, so, is
1: my, my real name. And there's also yeah. the people where we're like, "This is great. It needs this one change," and then we never hear from them again. That yeah. definitely happens. They don't want
2: to hear it. I right. Do. They're like, hey, "Perfect." And no, you no, just funny. put it up, idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, that's that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't be don't be like well, here,
0: lady. Here's her beautiful music name at the child. I'm not sure if that's just one piece of music under there or if she, if Kat uh, mixed a couple of different pieces or layered them together. There's a thing we'll have to talk about. Uh, eventually, after, the director after these yeah. um, all these yeah. episodes and comedies, we're going to do a director roundtable and get all the directors in to talk about their work on these shows. And so <laughs> that is definitely a thing I want yeah. her to talk about because, again, it was such a, a difficult days. task that she pulled off, and I don't know how you do that. I mean, I trained most of our directors, and I still don't... Most of them have exceeded my abilities, and I don't know how you... If you asked me to do that, I would have just put my head through a wall, so... <laughs> Sorry, Kat, but you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> did it great. That's right, you have trained
1: almost all of our directors.
0: Most of them. Kat, I think, uh, had been directing a bit before she came to us, and so yeah. she had uh, already sort of figured it out on her own. But a lot of our directors, yeah, I...
2: One of the things that's interesting, too, and we're almost done we're almost funny, at the end yeah. of this, uh, but Americans don't really do a lot of this. It's only really recently where other that people that? started doing what you've been doing for a
0: while. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a real big boom in, in uh, audio drama in Scripted podcast. Scripted yeah. podcast. It's but, really taken uh, off.
2: But uh, you've been doing it a while. Yep. And how does someone like, uh, uh, you, you say can I don't know her, so I can't call her, but um, how does someone like that get the experience to be able to be this good, to come in and just sort of...
0: Well, she had her own show uh, Mm -hmm. with us that she uh, wrote and directed and acted in for 50 straight episodes. Um,
1: that was uh, Genesis Avalon. Right. Okay. Is it's up. a sort
0: of a superhero uh-huh. fantasy mythology show, which is uh, a lot of fun.
2: Excuse me while I write some things <laughs> yes, down. It is right up <laughs> your alley. Just, just a few, you little, just
0: a few you minutes while I it. You quickly
2: write it. down a few yeah,
0: names. A few and, but um, Don't mind me. So yeah, I'll, but like what we do with a lot of new people who come in, I have a class sort of that I take them through lessons on how to, you know. Genesis Avalon. um, sort of teach them the the basics and then we'll get them, after they get through that I think, okay, you're at a pretty good uh, level now where you have a a pretty good grasp of what's going on. We get them an assistant job working with one of our experienced directors where they help them out. They'll work on just a couple of scenes in an episode, get feedback from experienced directors. And then we just do that a bunch until the director they're working with feels like, you know what, they have they're probably okay now to, to sort of take on their own show if we have a new show coming up. We give them, you know, uh, sort of audience offer audience them the spot if they'd like to work, audience work audience on it to direct, to, direct uh, the show. And so we just sort right of work right them right up over time.
2: So do you couple the new writers? We should, we can do this with another episode, but do we do you couple the new writers when you do Seminar with a new director or do you just, it doesn't
0: matter? No, Seminar has a just a... a same director. Same director every show. Okay. Well, that's the end of, of The Lingering, lingering Grief wave. of Twilight. Please leave us a, a rating and review on iTunes. It will definitely help there be more Dreamnasium in the future. And yes. more people find the show then, which is really cool. So if you if you enjoy this, please rate and review us on iTunes.
1: Do it.